There's, there's one expression of Jesus that has often puzzled me, and, and maybe you too, and that's why the sermon today, um, it's only once we see this expression on his face. A laughing Jesus, often. A crying Jesus, yes. An angry Jesus, yes. But a Jesus in anguish, with the tears just streaming down his face and, and his face just, just contorted in this fear and, and blood coming out of his sweat. Only once. You know the story, you know when it happened. In a place called Gethsemane. Read that with me from Luke chapter 22. Verse 39, I'm reading from the New Century Version. Jesus left the city and went to the Mount of Olives, as he often did, and his followers went with him. When he reached the place, he said to them, pray for strength against temptation. And then Jesus went about a stone's throw away from them. He kneeled down and he prayed. Father... If you are willing, take away this cup of suffering. But do what you want, not what I want. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him to strengthen him. Being full of pain, it's an interesting word that's used in the Greek here. And, and listen carefully, you'll, you'll know it. Agonia. Does it ring a bell? Agony, agonia. Being full of agony and suffering and pain. Jesus prayed even harder. His sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. What a scary image to see on the face of Jesus. So different from the images that we often see in little paintings and, and all over, where he's so serene sitting in the garden and he's got a halo around. I wonder where those came from. I never read about them in the Bible, but in any case, has this halo around his head and, and his hands are so beautifully put together. No, not the picture that the Gospels paint of that moment in Gethsemane. We read what Luke said. You go read Mark in chapter 14. He said Jesus was so overwhelmed by the pain of all of this that he fell face down on the ground. Matthew chapter 26, he says, he was so overwhelmed and troubled by what he was experienced to the point of death. The Greek actually says, my soul feels like dying. So here's what puzzled me. What do we do with this image of Jesus? I think there's one answer. We turn to it when we look exactly the same. We read it over and over when we feel the same. We hold on to it when we feel overwhelmed by our anguish and our fear. Because if you read them, go read those Gospels this afternoon. It's cold enough to sit inside. Go read them. The underlying emotion in all of these is this fear, this anguish that runs through Jesus. Because in the moment he looked into that cup, he saw something so fierce, so foreboding, that he prayed his father to change his plans. Father God, please change your plans. That, that verse 42 
Father, if you are willing, please take away this cup of suffering. Uh, we, we read over that pretty quickly. But there's a background to that. When Jesus uses this word uh, cup, it's not the regular word in Greek for cup. The regular word for Greek and cup, you actually know really well. It's called kupa. It's a kupa coffee. <laughs> That's true. That's the Greek word for cup is kupa. But yeah. Uh, the word he uses in this, in this place is the word poterion. Poterion comes from, it's, it's, got, a, it's got a Jewish, uh, Arabic, uh, and a Syriac background where they, they had this belief that that all of our experience in life, whether joyous or adverse, whether good or bad, was linked to this image of God handing you a cup to drink. We continue that image, don't we? When we sit at the table, we also receive a cup. But this cup that Jesus talks about here, and he says, Father, can you take this cup away? This is a scary cup. This is not one that brings joy or happiness. This is one that makes him bleed blood in that moment, sweat blood in that moment. Here's my question. What makes you pray that same prayer? Father, take away this cup. Maybe, maybe when you have to leave your house, and that scares you. It's not an easy thing to do. Maybe when you drive up to a hospital and you walk through the doors and you know there's two old folks in there that are struggling and suffering. And you don't want to get out the car. Maybe just waking up and you're too scared to get out of bed. There's a little Peanuts cartoon that says, Hey, Snoopy, I don't want to go out there. It's too peopley out there. Maybe starting new, and it's just a little too much. Or thinking about, God, you gave me these kids, and I have to raise them, and I don't know how. And these teenagers, just give me the grace to walk with them and guide them and show you. What makes you pray that prayer? And here's the thing. These might have seemed trivial to you that I said, but for someone it's not. And that, that which makes you fear, that which causes this anguish to you is real and it's yours. And no one can say that it's not yours because that's what it does to you. And that's what happened to Jesus there. This fear, this anguish was real to the point where his sweat was blood. And you ask Hank here, there's, there's a term for this. The doctors have a term for this. It's called hematidosis. Comes from the Greek again. Hematos, which is blood. You know your hematology, your blood. Hematos and hydron, which is your sweat. And what they've learned is in, in cases of extreme anguish and fear, those capillary uh, blood vessels that take the blood to our sweat glands rupture. And that blood comes out in our sweat, and you bleed, and you sweat blood. Imagine what Jesus was going through for that to happen. And you know what that kind of fear does to you, right? 
It just paralyzes you completely. It's like someone just dumped a, a whole truck load full of cement on your car and says, try and drive, and you just can't. How remarkable that Jesus went through that kind of emotion and that kind of fear. But how gracious of him to tell us about it, to tell us exactly how he felt and what was going on to a point where he would say, Father, I'm not sure I can handle this. Father, this is a little too much. If I had a choice, I'm going to give you this cup back and I'm going to say, you got something else going on there? He doesn't hide it. We hide it, don't we? We put on a brave face. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. You're lying. You're not. We take those sweaty palms and we put them in our pockets so no one will see them. Did you see what Jesus did? He doesn't hide it, doesn't put on a mask. He says, Dad, this is too much. And I'm not sure I can handle that. But did you see the big word in that moment? How does his prayer start? Father. The one that he goes to in that moment is his father. Father God. He could have called the disciples. They were a stone throw away. He said, come here. Come comfort me. Doesn't. Could have called a whole bunch of people and said, do a prayer meeting with me. He doesn't. Those are all good things. But the first step that Jesus takes is the step to stand before his father. Can I say that to you again? Will you please do that? In those moments when you just feel, I am overwhelmed, will you start with, Father? Will you go to him? Because so often, what do we do? We'll grab a glass with something in it. We'll run for the bottle with pills. Or we'll just have this anger and be angry at God and point fingers and don't want to talk to God. First place to go is to talk to God. Start there. A thousand years before this, a man by the name called David already understood this when he wrote that 23rd Psalm. The Lord's my shepherd. And because of that, he will take care of all that I need. When I need to lie down, he'll take me to green pastures. When I need to be refreshed, he'll take me to quiet waters. He restores my soul when I say, Father, my cup too big. And then he leads me on life's amazing paths. And then our verse for today, Ted, you'll have it there. And even though I walk through the deepest, darkest, scariest valley, I will fear no evil. Why would David say that? How could David say that? Because David knew exactly where to start and where to look. For you, my Father, my God, my Lord, my Savior who cares about me, my Shepherd who provides, you are with me in that dark valley. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you see what he does? 
He doesn't hang out with those other sheep saying, boy, we're scared. Boy, this is not good. Are you scared like me? This is overwhelming for me. He looks at the shepherd because the shepherd knows the valley. The shepherd knows the darkness, but the shepherd knows the other side of this too. He doesn't look at the problem. Oh my goodness, we're in the deep, dark, scary valley. How are we going to get out? He looks at the shepherd and he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Remember when I preached the series on the 23rd Psalm, I taught you about that. The staff, the long straight one, was to protect. They would fend off the wild animals or any enemies that would come against the sheep. He would take care of them with that. And then the staff with a crook, he got kind of off track. Whoa, come on back. You're going to fall. Watch out. You're going to go over the your rod and your staff in the deep, dark valley. They will take care of me. And because of that, I will fear no evil. Start there. And this is not pie in the sky when you die. That's what Jesus did. He went right there. How could he handle the cross after this? How could he get up there and say, okay, let's go. There comes Judas. There comes the soldiers. Let's go. How could he do that? Because he lived what he did every day of his life. Psalm 56, verse 3, and there's a beautiful slide for that. He lived these words. When I am afraid, what do I do? I put my trust in you. Whenever I am afraid, I'll say, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, this cup is really scary. Here's my hand. I'm going to trust you. Let's do this together. Will you please do that? Thank you, Ted. Will you please do that? Don't try and get out of those gardens of Gethsemane in your own life. Walk in. They're going to be there. But do it the way that Jesus did it. Don't do it alone. Do it with the Father. And in those gardens, it's okay to pound the ground sometimes. It's okay to get a little angry in there sometimes about this thing. It's okay to cry. And if you sweat blood, you're not going to be the first one. And it's okay to be honest. I can't handle this. You can say it. But don't go alone. Go with your father. Because here's the cool thing about God. God's not going to laugh at you. God's not going to say, buck up, get a life. Go on and go do this. He's going to hold you. Did you see what he did for his son? It says, and then an angel from heaven appeared to comfort him. Because Father God knows it's hard and it's tough and it's overwhelming. But Jesus prayed another word in there. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away. Was God willing? Yes and no. No, he didn't take the cross away. Yes, he took the fear. 
Because in that moment after he prayed, he got up and he walked. He said, come on, Judas, come kiss. Get it over and done with. Come on, soldiers, let's go. He stood before that Jewish uh, council, the Sanhedrin, and he looked them in the eye and he wasn't afraid. He stood before Pilate who said, I have the light to, to let you live or let you die. And he said, no, you don't. That's in my father's hands. He went to that cross and all he cried out on that cross was, Father, forgive. So when those moments come, can you remember the series we did a few weeks ago? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when you're in that garden, don't get fixated on the size of the mountain. Look at the one who can move the mountain. Don't carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. Look at the one who holds the whole world in his hand. Hope is only one look away. So where do you go to? And where do you look? Amen. Take a few moments of silent prayer. Father, thank you that we may be honest and open with you. That we may pray our heart and say, this is who I am and this is how I feel and this is what I am going through. And that you know and that you understand. And you don't say, get over it. Because Lord Jesus, you know exactly how we feel. There in that garden, it was real. And you were there, and you went through that. So in these moments when we come to you, when some days it's just overwhelming, you understand because you've been there and done that. So thank you that we may come to the shepherd. And thank you that you are the good shepherd who who knows us by name and who cares for us compassionately. And not only a rod and staff, you gave your own life to save us, to take care of us. Thank you that you continue doing that. Thank you that we may breathe, that we may breathe you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.